When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Bears make a big move, guys, and here is the question of the day for Bears fans. This is the most excited you've been about the Bears' future since... since? Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. As I said, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. Dan college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Good I morning, you, Key. Ryan Good Pauls. morning, Jay. What up, Key? What's happening? What's Recovery. happening? Recovery from Halloween. Yeah, yeah. The, kind of coming down off the sugar high, do you have a lot of candy? Oh, that, no, not a lot of candy, but I watched a lot of football last night, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, by the way, Nick Chubb. How many games was on last night, Jay? Well, a lot of football can mean a game within the game. Smart ass. You got like 12 games? A lot, of, But I'll tell you what, it was kind of epic, man. A lot of stuff happened for the Bengals that was bad and for the Browns that was good. I mean, key right off the top, just watching Joe Burrow move the sticks, right? Like, I, I, I was like, oh, here, this dude's going to keep adding on his legacy offensively. And then they got the tip by Miles Garrett, and that set the whole tone, man. I mean, that defense just set the tone for the whole game. Yeah, Chubb ran for the two touchdowns. Miles Garrett got after Joe Burrow. I figured they were going to sack him three times. I think it wound up being five. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a bad matchup for whatever reason, Key. The Bengals have, like, have real problems with the Browns, even when they're good. Well, the Browns got a good defense, too. They got a nice front. When you talk about Clowney and Miles Garrett, the back end, the secondary, they, they, they apply a different type of pressure to you. Um, they know each other within the division. And when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, the offensive line has struggled for the most part all year long except a couple games where they protected him pretty well. They got, obviously was able to win those games. But when you get sacked and you turn the football over, you're not going to win. I don't know how many times i got to continue to keep saying the same thing over and over. It, yeah. it, it's, it's a recipe for disaster if you can't protect your quarterback. He – when you said the Browns have a good defense, the, the Browns enter in the week ranked 30th in I've, scoring defense. They, they, 30th. Didn't, they didn't leave the week as 30th. 30th. I'll tell you that much. Like, to me, this is, this is the epitome of like rivalries, right? Like Considering like Joe Burrow has not beaten the Bears. I mean, I'm sorry. Joe Burrow has not beaten the Browns since he's been in a bingo uniform. Yeah. It's like they Never just have the Browns, yeah. their number. Like They couldn't do it. Anything. Joe Mixon well, couldn't get the ground game going. But the fact is, they were missing Jamar Chase. The Bengals were coming into the game, and Ouzier got hurt. So you're missing your best That's on receiver and your best corner. corner. So they will be able to move the ball better on you, and you will not be able to move the ball as well on them. You could say about Mixon, but you can stack things differently when Chase isn't on the field. It is when weird, you, though, Key, that you look at, they got Higgins you, and, and Boyd, though. Yeah, but when you look at when you look at Cleveland's defense, the statistical numbers don't tell a true story about the ability that they have. They have an ability if they come to play, 
if they come to play like they did last night, they, they potentially yeah. could have one of the better defenses in the National Football League, but they don't play on a consistent basis. And that's the problem with them. That's why they're in the situation that they're in, sitting at three and five. Yeah, there's Boyd, there's Higgins, no question about it. And T. Higgins had the big catch at the end of the game uh, on Greedy Williams late in the fourth quarter. That was a big catch. Prior to that, though, they hadn't really given him an opportunity to be the T. Higgins that we thought going into the game he could potentially be with Chase out of the lineup. Here is Joe Burrow after the game on why the team struggles against Cleveland. I mean, you got to give credit to them. They always they always play well against us. It's tough to answer that one. Um, they got really good players on defense. You know, they're good on the outside. They're really well coached. They're they're sound in their leverages, in their coverage, and obviously they got Miles Garrett and, and Clowney that you know, can get after the passer. So they've 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 had our number the last couple of years. Like I said yeah, from the beginning, and, that, and that's what I was saying. They got good players on defense. They just got to come to play. I mean, Miles Garrett got the tip on the first drive, and that got the interception and really set the tone for them defensively. I also say this, though. Joe Burrow is the third fastest getting the ball out in the entire NFL, right? So through eight games, he's been sacked 29 times. This is their worst performance for the Bengals since game, game one against the Steelers. That O-line is coming back to haunt them once again. It just feels like in the NFL there are – and I know it's not 16 weeks anymore. It used to feel to me like there were a couple of teams, a handful, who were actually good – those were like 10 and 6 type teams. If they got a little lucky, 12 and 4, a little unlucky, 8 and 8. Then there were a handful of teams that were actually bad, the opposite, right? In terms of the wins and losses. Most teams fell in the middle. There were like 8 and 8 teams intrinsically, little lucky, 10 and 6, little lucky, unlucky, 6 and 10. But I think of the Bengals as a good team. And so far, they have not been. They've been up and down, but kind of like, you know, look, they're sitting at 500. Meantime, at three and five, should the Browns look to move players? I don't know, like Kareem Hunt, who is an excellent back. Here's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, uh, on Keyshawn J. Will and Max yesterday. I got them as sellers right now. They got a few pieces that they could sell off. Running back Kareem Hunt. There's some interest in him, more as like a luxury to a contending team, not necessarily filling a need. You could look at uh, anywhere from Buffalo to Philly maybe even a Kansas City reunion. And then cornerback Greedy Williams, if you've gotten a few calls on him, I could see him traded before Tuesday's deadline. So, Key, do you think they should be sellers? I, I think with those two guys, they certainly can. When you talk about Kareem Hunt and Greedy Williams, Greedy Williams right now is essentially the third to the fourth corner because they have some other young guys that they drafted at a high position. So you can move him to a team like a Dallas Cowboys, for instance, that like long, tall corners. Reminds a lot of guys of a Richard Sherman type that Dan Quinn had in Seattle. Or you look at Kareem Hunt. Buffalo can certainly use him. He would be an upgrade from Singletary and Zach Moss for the Buffalo Bills. So those are the two players that, even though they're sitting at 3-5 and five and they're two games out of first place, in potentially a wild card spot, you still can look at them and say, okay, we can we can move on from these two guys because we can get some some future picks and assets from because at the end of the year, you're going to lose them anyway. Yeah, if the Browns are looking for a third-round pick, if that's what they're talking about for Kareem Hunt, if I'm the Bills, I'm doing that in oh. a heartbeat. I'm a, I need the physicality you know, with a running back like that. It adds a different dimension with Josh Allen. Yeah, they got two dogs in the backfield, uh, Cleveland. Maybe they only and- need one. 
And um, Buffalo's not the only potential suitor. The Rams certainly can use Kareem Hunt because, and Greedy Williams, for that matter, at the corner spot to match him up with Jalen Ramsey just because of the simple fact Kareem Hunt can replace Cam Akers, who for, you know, I don't know what the Rams went soured on Cam Akers here over the last several weeks. So you got to watch that one close today as well. Hey, here's the real question about the Browns. The fact is Deshaun Watson is scheduled to return week 11. We are into week 8. You know, we just finished week eight. So when it's is he, not. When is he scheduled to go back to practice? Sorry, week 13. Sorry, week 13. Yeah, he, 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 so he had to, to miss 11 games. So it's week 13 because of the bye, whatever. Okay. Yeah, so, so he probably goes. He said he's scheduled to play week 13. He can go back to practice week 10, I believe. He can maybe, go back maybe, to practice. Maybe that's where I got 11 in my head, but maybe it yeah. is 10. Okay, at I any think rate. It's week 10, he can go back to practice. At any rate, he's going to be back soon. Like, before you know it. And the Browns, it looked like, eh, let's call it a day. But they just got a win over the defending AFC champs. They are not so upside down right now. They're 3-5. and five. How does Deshaun Watson coming back affect what they're going to do? Because Brissett, Key, as you said, if he can just kind of tread water, they're in a good position. He hasn't quite done it yet, but almost. They win the next game, and then you start to think, ugh. Maybe. Bears traded Roquan Smith, by the way, speaking of sellers, to Baltimore for a second and a fifth. And here's the question for you, Bears fans. This is the most excited you've been about the Bears' future since? Since when? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn J. Willemax live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C E-Bikes dot com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, trick-or-treating... Did you go out last night? I did not go out last night. You did not? Not only did I not go out last night, I live in a small, like, loft building, right? 
downtown. Just go out in your building. Not a single trick-or-treater. That's and I got, had a bag of candy, not a single trick-or-treater, because if you're a kid, you're, not, you're like, ah, forget this building. Let's go to my friend's house, building or something, because you've got more apartments in it. You know what I mean? We were everywhere last night. I know Key was, too, because we got all Key's pictures. I mean, yo, Key, by the way, the uh, degree people go to in order for Halloween to be, like, extravagant, it really blows my mind, man. Yeah, we got a little bit of that in our neighborhood because of the whole Hollywood entertainment, L.A., a lot of those producers and, and stage, not stage managers, but, like, costume people and all that. So they go... They go the extra mile. You you know, when I was growing up, my parents didn't, or my mom, I don't even know who my dad is, so I wouldn't say parents, but my mom didn't dress up and walk the streets with us. We basically grabbed a pillowcase <laughs> went out on and, our own. and went out on our own exactly. and did the deal. But now parents are dressing up and the whole deal, you know? You know what it is, Tuki? Like, I didn't see anybody out, like, at nighttime, like night, night. We only used to go out at night. No, they, so we start early because so, we got early. small kids. Yeah, early. So the smaller kids start early, but as the nightfall comes, I was already back at the house at seven. Yeah. I was already back at home at seven. We started at five forty-five. I was already back at the home. I just went up the block and back, and I went back in. But it was cra- it was noisy and crazy and and just yeah, it looked like it looked like an amusement park is what it looked like. See, I also turned into one of those parents, Max, because I caught one kid who was going around a different. You know, sometimes people aren't home, so they leave like a bucket outside with all the candy. Little badass kids coming around and taking the whole bucket yeah. and pouring it. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> you. That was a kid. What are you talking? About? <laughs> I think that was more you. It was definitely more. Oh, they didn't you used to kid. leave candy out, but you know what? We, I mean, Halloween in shoot. New York at night, guys. It was kids up on the roof throwing eggs down at but, people, like all types of but stuff. But some of the some of the stuff though. <laughs> Some of the costumes for the adults. Come on, man. What you doing, dog? Take her home, that man. Was she shouldn't even be out here like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I had to, a couple times, I'm walking with my wife. I had to, hey, hey, I'm just checking out the costumes. That's all. Yeah, I'm not. What is that? Though? Looking at right, Jay, it used to be. It didn't start till night. I'm saying, night and now time. it feels like it's over it's by early. then. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that's out. just because we get up in the morning and it feels a little over. No, for no, us. no, no, no. This is the case. I mean, I was up last night until like nine, like nine forty-five, ten. Man, o'clock. it's not over. I just came into the studio. They pr- outside right now, clubbing, clubbing. Yeah, because yeah, the studio's on West top Coast of a club. Yeah. What is it? Uh, one in the morning there. <laughs> it's three a.m. It? When I was pulling in, January shut it down. No one knows. All right, we're back in 10 seconds. Leads the league in tackles right now and has more tackles over the last five years than any player but Bobby Wagner. Wow. The fit is perfect for this defense and the way they play it schematically, but the fit is also perfect from where we think about the Ravens from a defensive standpoint and their mentality. Roquan Smith is just one of the more complete linebackers in the NFL. He's so good in coverage. He helps a unit that's been improving over the last few weeks but has struggled a bit. Keyshawn, J. Lamax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. So Roquan Smith, the Bears' Roquan Smith, inside linebacker, traded to the Ravens for a second and a fifth. So, listen, we, we were talking about this with Mike Tannenbaum, you know, months and months ago when Roquan Smith was, you know, wanting money and the Bears didn't know what to do. And... Usually, there are premium positions that get paid in the NFL, like a dude who go gets the quarterback on defense. He's going to get paid. But a dude who makes tackles and is an interior linebacker, 
people it's not valued by the marketplace as highly. They don't make as much money, right? The teams won't pay them as much. Key, the Ravens, however, are, you know, like a guy like that, it seems, and we're willing to give up a premium for him. Well, the Ravens are a, a defensive organization. They don't have a problem with paying their defensive players. Chicago looked at uh, Roquan as a as a guy who makes a lot of tackles and does some things, but he's not a game changer in their minds. Like, he doesn't create havoc. He doesn't get the sacks, the interceptions. He's not that type of linebacker, and they don't value that. But that's okay because all you need is one. You need one team to value you, and the Baltimore Ravens values him, so they gave up what they gave up to go get him. Now, it changes – what they do defensively. It makes that defense a little bit stronger. You know, when you think about the Baltimore Ravens and in in that identity of that team going way, way back to when Marvin Lewis was the defensive coordinator when they won their first championship, it was all about the defense. So it was all about Ray Lewis and company. And this is kind of what you're getting with Roquan. So here's Ryan Poles who Key gave his hi-hat to when he saw him in uh, Chicago. Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, ran into yeah. Key. Good. He's a good the, young man. At the department store, wherever wherever you were, downtown shopping, and Key gave gave him the – he said Poles knew that yeah. Key didn't really recognize him, and he gave him the, the celebrity, uh, okay, hey, nice to meet you, I got to go. Here's Ryan Poles at the press conference in August on getting a deal. This is back in the summer with Ro- – you're going to hear the question, and then he's going to talk about – making a deal with Roquan on Chicago. It never happened. He got traded to the Ravens yesterday. Listen. Ryan, uh, without getting the contract at all, is it your preference to get a deal done with Roquan now, or would you prefer a chance to get to know him better and see more before you pull that That's a tough question. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into the thoughts on, you know, what, I would prefer and all of that. I just kind of deal with what's on the table right now. Thank God the Bears actually have a GM who's not afraid to talk to the media and actually give them his unvarnished truth about where the team actually is. You know the differences between Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace? Ryan Pace tried to pay everybody, right? Danny Traverton, like pay got paid. Jimmy Graham got paid. Eddie Jackson got paid. Khalil Mack, they kept manipulating the cap to pay him more, pay him more. And they kept manipulating the cap to pay the tab later. And Ryan Poles is now saying, hey, Robert Quinn, you don't want to be here. Roquan Smith, you don't want to be here. Let me get you the teams where you want to be. And like, the give you a chance to win, and now we get cap space. And the big difference is key. They didn't have a quarterback back then. In fact, they've never really had a quarterback where you can look at and say, that guy might be great one day. They have that guy now. And so if you keep kicking the can down the road trying to pay everyone when you're really not in a position to win the Super Bowl, that's not smart. But when you draft that quarterback and then you clear cap space and accumulate draft picks, key, how should the Bears fans feel about the direction that the franchise is heading now? Well, I think they should, I think they should feel real good, actually. Um, I think that, that the general manager, Ryan Poles, is doing a tremendous job of being able to Acu- accumulate assets with, with draft picks and also have about $100-plus plus million of cash readily available to go into the free agent market to poach players that other teams want to try to sign. And when you look at that, 
they should be extremely happy where they're at. When you got a first and, and you own the seconds and the third and the fourth, fifth round picks, you got enough stuff. Like they got two, they got two twos. Key, it's on the screen right they now. They got two twos, they got two fours, they got a two fives, which when you talk about teams being built, two to down, two to five is where you really build your teams. One is great. Okay, you can get a one and get great players. But that t- second round, them third rounds, fourth and fifth round picks, those are the ones that make up your team. They have their own first round, their own plus Baltimore's second round. Let's put that graphic back up on ESPNU on TV. Their own plus Baltimore's second, their own third, their own plus Philly's fourth, their own plus Baltimore's fifth now, and they have two in the seventh. They never had something like this with Ryan Pace, by the way. Ever. Right, and also what you Ever. the point you made about dealing with the media, too. There's more transparency. There's yes. nothing to hide. This is where we are. Rich in Tennessee, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bears fans, this is the most excited you've been about the Bears' future since Rich in Tennessee. Go, go ahead, Rich. You've got you to you gotta, you gotta turn down the radio and listen to the phone. We're right here, Rich. All right, you may have to. Okay, turn okay, off. Uh, I got the TV on mute. There you go. Good, perfect, go. Rich. This is. Are you a Bears fan? Uh, well, somewhat, yeah. All right. So this is the most excited Bears fan should be since when? Since Pete, since Jim McMahon was wearing Pete Rosell headband and he was handing to the refrigerator, going into the end zone. I agree. It's like the 80s, right? I agree, since like the, the Bears haven't won a Super Bowl since 85, which is like the greatest team ever. 85 well, they Bears. probably should be. I, I'm a, I, they probably should be this, since Lovey Smith, I would say. Yeah, that, but that, Lovey they, Smith they, didn't they have went a quarterback to the Super Bowl. key. But he, yeah, but they went to the Super Bowl, they, though. They, you, they you did, but you didn't think they were going to win it to the Super Bowl. Fair. That is, a, as Jay said, it's a fair assessment. But when you don't have that quarterback, you look at it and you say, yup, I believe in that dude. It's not the same. You get to a Super Bowl – you don't win it. Are you really expecting to get back? Are you expecting to be a perennial powerhouse? Yeah, you got to be excited as hell when you get ready to go to the Super Bowl. My whole point is that's probably the last time Bear fans were super excited. Okay. This to then me, from though, there, feels... then from there, it was like, yeah, that, that's at a, that point. Yeah, I agree, Keith. Like this to me feels more long term and that is sustainable, right? Because now you have the franchise quarterback for the next five to ten years. Like you can actually build out the roster and get a true assessment of how Ryan Poles is as a GM. This, to me, is higher upside than the Bears have had in a long time. Yeah, that, you got to hit on those picks, though. That, that's, Agreed. You know, you that's what I'm saying. You, say you at least you, get a fair assessment, Key, because you, you, you have the opportunity. picks. You got the picks now. You got money. You got to make sure you get the right guys. Don't go just on the shopping spree for the wrong talent, and then all of a sudden it doesn't turn into anything because coaches and players – I mean, coaches and general managers – they can do that sometimes. Not saying that he will, but, but you got to be careful. Uh, by the way, the Bears have not only all those picks, but $100 million in cap space, Ooh. which is by far Ooh. the most in the NFL. They've done this, the, whether or not it works out, they dr- moved up to draft a quarterback with the potential for greatness. They weren't playing games. They traded their best players on defense for draft picks. Well, we They remember, cleared though, the cap space, $100 million coming off the books to spend. This is the, the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, but the last regime was the, the guy. The, the last regime picked the quarterback. So yeah, they did. That's, yeah, they did. The last regime well, same, did pick their. Well, same with Roquan Smith, right? So like, these aren't his guys. Hey, Chris in Chicago. Since when? Is this the most excited you've been since when? KJM, what's up, fellas? So 
I would say for me, I think you got to go back to when the Bears fans, oh, we all thought we were trading for our franchise quarterback in Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the last time you were excited and thought you had, you know, something to look, something to work with and look forward to thinking you had a run at Super Bowl. Yeah, you didn't have all the info on Jay Cutler yet, but when he was in Denver, it looked like he had a lot of talent, a lot of upside. Didn't they, what, did they play an NFC Championship game? Yeah. They Remember did, Cutler? Right? Yeah, Cutler was on yeah. the sideline, That's member, and he got all those. Yeah. Nowadays, it'd be memes. I don't remember if there were memes then. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum is going to join us next. If you have any questions about what your team should do at the deadline, give us a call, 888-729-3776, after Key has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. So, just simply call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Before we get to Key's Real Rankings, we have Mike Tannenbaum in studio. This is your chance to ask a GM, what should your team do here at the trade deadline? Anytime, anyhow. Hey, Mike, good morning. Anytime, anyhow, Mike. Anytime, anyhow. These rankings, Key's Rankings, are brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies Advisor today, 877-ASK-DELL. Key, what you got for us this morning? Well, last week, rankings, I had eight teams, and three of the eight are no longer in this week's (gasps) rankings. Obviously, the New York Giants done, the New York Jets done, and the Cincinnati Bengals are out, or could I call them, or should I call them, the bundles. But this week... There's only seven teams I elected not to put the eighth in that spot. Kick it off, Yates. Number seven. 
The Seattle Seahawks sitting at number seven, five and three. Geno Smith has turned things around. He looks like a real, true NFL quarterback. A lot of doubters over the last several years on whether or not he even belonged in the National Football League. Pete Carroll certainly seen something in him last year when he took over for Russell Wilson. It made Pete say, goodbye, Russell. We're going to grant you your wish. Number six. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens. They took care of business against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although Tampa Bay struggled a little bit. It's been struggling a little bit because of injuries. They took care of business in Tampa. They're sitting at five and three atop of their division. Lamar Jackson is still getting it done. They just added Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Chicago. This defense should get better as the season continues to go. Number five. The Minnesota Vikings sit at number five, six in one. Uh, it's a little high right now for me with Minnesota. They were six on my board last week, but it's okay. Let's see if Kirk Cousins and company can continue to do it. Obviously, that division with the Green Bay Packers, Detroit, in Chicago is all about the Minnesota Vikings. They can win it going away if they don't let them back in it. Number four. The Kansas City Chiefs are sitting at four. Five and two. Kansas City just, you know, slowly but surely doing what they do week in and week out. Patrick Mahomes and company, they certainly went out and took care of business against the San Francisco 49ers, but they also made a big trade with the New York Giants and get uh, a Tony from there in a trade to give them the necessary speed that they may be missing from Tyreek Hill. Number three. Now, you would say last week Kansas City was sitting at three. They dropped to four. The Dallas Cowboys moved from four to three just based on me watching them and how they played against the team that they just decided to just slap all upside their head. And when you look at Dak Prescott, something about him tells me that the Dallas Cowboys could be one of the top two teams in all of the National Football League. It's always up for argument's sake. Number two. Number two, nothing changed there. The Buffalo Bills sitting at 6-1. and one. We watched what they did, how they just took care of business at home once again. Josh Allen and company just throwing the ball all over the lot, beating up on people, taking names and numbers, and getting back to them later on in the season. Number, number one. one. And number one, Philadelphia Eagles, 7-0. and oh. Anything to argue about there? Jalen Hurts is waiting to cash in this offseason. And he's certainly going to do it with A.J. Brown along with uh, Devontae Smith and the defense and just everything. And then they just added Robert Quinn to that defense. I can't wait to see them against the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks from now. That's going to be must-see television. So number one, Philadelphia. Number two, Buffalo. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Number four, Kansas City. Five, the Minnesota Vikings. The Baltimore Ravens sit at six. And Seattle pulling up the rear at number seven. Okay, that is key real, Key's Real Rankings, best teams in the NFL, week eight. We are joined now by Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN, NFL front office insider. And Mike, you can ask Mike, ask a GM, ask Mike about the NFL trade deadline. What should your team do? Mike was a very successful GM in the NFL. Mike, listen to this, because I asked, uh, Bears fans have not been this excited since given the fact they have $100 million in cap space and all these draft picks and a quarterback with the potential for greatness there, right? 888-SAY-ESPN. Chief in Jersey, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and Mike Tannenbaum. Since when? KJ Dub, Mike, how y'all guys doing this morning? 
this this rebuild. I'm 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 so interested in this rebuild. This this rebuild has a chance in the next few years to take legendary status. I thought it was a good rebuild as far as you just getting back to the playoffs. But seeing Ryan Poles now, oh no, he's trying to build a dynasty. So I'm going rebuilding Cowboys level type infrastructure. I'm not talking about these Cowboys key. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Jimmy Johnson, but we going big time. Anyway, I want to hear your thoughts. Mike, what do you think we ought to draft in the um, upcoming draft? You guys have a good one. Mike, what do you think? I, I think, look, hopefully Justin Fields works out great. I've always been bullish on him. I would have kept Roquan Smith. I'm into keeping young, productive players. He cares deeply. He could run. There were some issues about his salary. I would have franchised him if we could get something done. You'd have franchised him because you were on this show saying he's looking for pass, you know, rush money. I would not and pay him that, right? I would so, pay him. But Poles tried. Right. What I'm saying is, like, those pass rushers are making $22, 23000000 million a year. You could franchise him for about seventeen and a half. But to go back to what the caller is asking, I would go out and take all this draft capital, invest it in the tackles, you know, we mm. could go back to the story of the year, and Key already touched on it. It's Geno Smith. If you just flew in from another planet and watched football for the first time this year, Geno Smith is in the MVP category. Yeah. They have two rookie tackles that are both playing really good football. And if I'm the Chicago Bears, I want to learn a lesson from Seattle and say, what's going to help me more to develop Justin Fields? Invest in the offensive line. Mm. Key, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, of course you want to invest in your offensive line. I think when you when you talk about what Chicago should, should draft, you, you build teams from the outside in. And what I mean by that is if you have a shutdown corner that you can go get, you go get him. If you have a pass rush specialist on the edge, a Julius Peppers type, a guy that can go get the quarterback, you draft him. But you also got a left tackle. You take that guy to protect that quarterback. Then you start, as Mike would tell you, you can fill in those pieces around those guys, but if if they're available, you go get them. I haven't started studying the draft really just yet about the other positions outside of quarterback and maybe receiver. If there's some big tackles out there, then they should certainly look at them and make sure that they get the right one. All right, Dave in Maryland. I know you got a question for Mike T about the Cowboys. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Yeah, so uh so two quick questions, they're all trade related. Uh basically one, why does it seem like in other sports there's more trades at the deadline? Uh is it because of the non guaranteed contracts? Because uh, in other sports it seems like there's more movement at the trade deadline. And two, as far as for the Cowboys, I'm a huge fan. I feel like there's only two teams they really need to be concerned about that they seem they've like they've made more moves at the deadline. The San Francisco picking up McCaffrey and the Eagles picking up Quinn. And it's just like, to me, Jerry, you know, would make a deal with the devil to win. It's like, it seems like he's getting beat to the punch here. And, like, they picked up a guy from the Raiders. So, to me, I think they need to pick up another receiver because if, if, if they get the run shut down in the playoffs, I don't know if Gallup and uh, C.D. Lamb could be enough for them. So, what do you think about that? Yeah, those are, those are all really fair points. I, look, I'm bullish on Dallas. Just, I think Dak Prescott – to me, he's a, like a top seven, top eight quarterback. I think they're the second best team in the NFC, and I would go add another receiver. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., we've talked about this for a lot for a while, guys. Like, he's out there. He wouldn't even cost a draft choice. And I just know, like, when you have a player that's hurt, go sign him weeks ago because let him rehab in your building. Let him go to the meetings. Let him go to the walkthrough. So 
when he is ready to go, he has a much better chance of being productive. What about the caller's question about why there aren't more moves at the deadline? Yeah, I think the salary cap has something to do with it. You know, one thing that's interesting is in the Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn trade, the Bears are paying part of each of their salaries. So, which Mm. says, like, they're really into this rebuild, and they're almost like – it happened a number of years ago with Brock Osweiler where basically the uh, Cleveland Browns bought a second-round draft choice from the Houston Texans by absorbing the contract and then getting a draft choice. So the Bears, to a smaller extent, are doing something similar where they're eating some salary cap this year but to get more picks in the future. And that's why, Max, like when you're sitting there and you're trying to sit there with your head coach and owner and you're looking at the players and the picks, and now you layer on another factor of cash. Like the bullseye gets smaller and smaller. Mike, yeah, we just 100 million in cap space plus we, all the draft can picks. Can we focus on a positive, please, for my Bears? Can you stop bringing up Brock Osweiler? Thank you. <laughs> Mike in Maryland. You're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and you can ask a GM, Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, Max and Mike T. Uh, I'm just an exasperated Browns fan. I mean, there's no more definition of going all in than paying a, a, a $230 million completely guaranteed for a quarterback that hasn't played for two years. Yeah, you're going to scrimp. By not paying, uh, or by holding on to Hunt and, and Williams. I mean, you need to hold on to every asset you have. I don't care if they're not going to sign at the end of the year. You're all in. Keep every asset. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what do you think about that, Mike? Because Key was talking about there, you have some redundancy at positions when, you know, in a cap, in a hard cap league, maybe you move that for some stuff later on. Right. But I would say having depth right now is really important. Like, if you feel like with Deshaun Watson coming back, Again, we got to remember, guys, it's a 17-game season and seven teams make the playoffs. And after last night, I may be reticent if I'm the Browns to move on from Kareem Hunt because at some point he could be helpful. And by the way, how about a little shout-out to Bill Callahan, the Cleveland Browns offensive line coach. They went with eight offensive linemen in some formations last night. I love coaching like that where they're coming out with something different, a new wrinkle. And when you have one of the two or three best running backs in Nick Chubb and you go out there with eight offensive linemen, that was hard for the Bengals to stop. Yeah, no, no question, Mike. That it's it's a little slippery slope right now, based on what happened last night, on whether or not you can move on from from Kareem Hunt or Greedy Williams. But if you did, I don't think that the the building's going to burn down. Mm-hmm. I think at the in the end, you you want that depth, but on the back end for them in the secondary, they're young. They got a lot. They got six or seven corners back there. So moving on from Greedy probably makes a little more sense because you're not going to sign him anyway next offseason. And then Kareem Hunt, he wants to be a feature back for somebody, and you're probably not going to be able to pay him next year in the offseason. So you might as well move on from him as well. That's right. The bottom line is if you don't think this is your Super Bowl year, you have some depth there that you can use to get even better to load the, 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 the deck going forward. TJ in Washington, you're on with Keyshawn J. Will and Max, and you can ask a GM, Mike Tannenbaum, on ESPN Radio. Hey, guys, so my question is about the Seattle Seahawks. So they started off the year pretty much everyone thought was going to be in tank mode. Now they got Geno Smith emerging, Kenneth Walker in this young defense. Do you buy, sell, or just stand pat right now at the deadline? First of all, I go out and I celebrate how smart I am because I was able to get so many picks for Russell Wilson and have a better quarterback in Geno Smith. So I, I am really happy where we are because I have Abraham Lucas, who I took in the third round from Washington State, Charles Cross, my first round. That's the tackle. right tackle, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and they're playing great football, guys. Like, I, nobody's really done a better job this offseason when you think about what Seattle's done. So I'm probably standing pat. And by the way, guys, they may have the rookie of the year in Kenneth Walker at running back on offense. And Tariq Wool in their fifth-round corner, he may be the defensive rookie of the year. So you talk about a team that's done a great job this year. I they start with killed Seattle. it in the draft, right? And you know what's interesting about Seattle to me? Starting with that trade for Jimmy Graham when they traded, uh, what's his name, the, the, the center uh, back then. Uh, Hunk, um, I think his name was Max or something Max like Hunk, that. Hunk, Hunk, Max, uh, God, what do you say? I, I said I, it's out of Hunk, my brain. Hung, Hung, Dinger, Hung. No, no, no. Hunk, Max not, Unger? Max Hunger, Unger, Max Unger. Unger. I know yeah. that's what I said. So, yeah, Unger, Unger. Unger. Since yeah. since that trade, Oregon, s- yeah, since that trade, they have not like it, it changed the team, right? Like they were not able to protect Russell Wilson, block from all those kind of things. They hadn't really invested in the offensive line until this offseason. They used a first and a third, and look at the difference. Well, they tried to change their entire philosophy, though, Max, back then. As I said at the beginning of the year. Pete Carroll was going back to the early stages of the Seattle Seahawks. They were not into this last three, four years of Seattle. Let Russ cook. That wasn't working for him. What he needed was a guy that was going to do all the right things, not make the mistakes, play defense. The defense was going to continue to get better, and then they were going to run the ball like they did with Marshawn Lynch, and they're going to get out of the building. They want to get out of the building 27-23. They're not trying to score 45. If they get 45, then great. The NFL trade deadline is at 4 p.m. We have our resident GM, Mike Tannenbaum, in studio here on Keyshawn J. Willemax. This is your chance to ask a GM what your team ought to do by 4 p.m. today. Should they buy? Should they sell? Who should they go after? Should they stand pat? 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. 888-729-3776. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Yucky. Yeah, I was saying, I want to ask Mike a question about yeah. what somebody should do. Should the Jets trade Elijah Moore? Ooh, key. That's a s- simple question, a complicated answer. I, I wouldn't because I don't think at this point you want to – he's a good young player. I would work really hard to try to solve the problem. Now, all those receivers, candidly key, at some point, the way Zach Wilson's playing, there's going to be – Bigger problems than Elijah Moore because Zach Wilson's holding this team back. So I would talk to Elijah Moore and say, hey, it could be Corey Davis, right? It could be Garrett Wilson. It could be James Robinson. Any of those guys, you all have a right to be frustrated. And until this quarterback gets plays better, you're, you're, you're not going anywhere. But what, could me, you, hmm. what could you actually get for Elijah Moore, you think? What would the market dictate? I think maybe a second-round pick because he's young. He can run. Hmm. He can play in the slot. Like, I, you know, I've heard other guys say, you know, like Green Bay to me, you know, all the teams that – or even go right across, you know, the street. The New York Giants. Could like, use them. I mean, my gosh, like the Giants could use anybody. I mean, Amani Toomer, Victor Cruz. I, I give them <laughs> Bring them all back. I mean, really, I, they'd be all better than what they have right now, and they're a team that's exceeded expectations. But at some point, the Giants are going to have to make plays in the passing game, and they can't make them right now. Corey in New Jersey. You're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and you can ask a GM, Mike Tannenbaum, trade deadline, 4 p.m. Good morning, guys. Mike T, I want to know, for my charges, Mike Williams went down, and we're kind of thin on the wide receiver side. Do you think we have anything, any way we could sign ODB right now? Yeah, I mean, he likes oh, L- yeah. yeah, he likes L.A., right? And, uh, I don't, you know, if he's not going to be a Ram, the Rams are disappointing. You know, the Chargers would be the next best thing. I do think the Chargers should try to sign another receiver. Keenan Allen has been hurt, you know, most of this year, and Mike Williams is now hurt. So, be it OBJ or – 
Maybe it's Brandon Cooks. The problem with Brandon Cooks is he has $18 million guaranteed next year, but I, I hope the Chargers add somebody today. Hey, you, know what, you know what's so funny, though? Every single year we always say about Brandon Cooks, oh, you can get Brandon Cooks. Well, he's got $27 million guaranteed next year, <laughs> and then somebody winds up trading for him and paying the money anyway. Mike, what should the Giants do? Scour. They should scour for receivers. And I don't think it's one. I think they should add a couple. Um, again, someone like Jerry Judy, even if you have to give up a second-round pick, like Jerry Judy's not a Band-Aid. He's young. He can run. You know, we talked about OBJ to the Giants where he started his career. I think he could come in. He's only 30 years old. He's still one healthy to be productive. And if I'm the Giants, I know that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley have exceeded expectations. Like, why not try to get another player – because not only can you make the playoffs this year, but you could go win a game. Like, who in the NFC scares you, right? Like, for, if I'm them, I'm trying to add at least one, maybe two guys. I cut my losses on Kadarius Tony. Galladay hasn't worked out. And, you know, right now your leading receiver is Richie James. Uh, who can't hold on to the ball on special teams. Hey, Key, real quick, you mentioned T. Higgins as an eventual target for the Giants, right, if the Bengals don't want to pay him. What's the difference in terms of quality, do you think, between T. Higgins and Jerry Judy? Because Judy, as, as Mike says, he's young. He's, he's, you know, it's not just a Band-Aid. Um, you can grow not, with him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even thinking about Jerry Judy if T. Higgins is on the board. I love Jerry Judy. He's cool, but T. Higgins is a different deal. That's a, do you see that? You see the, the, catch, the, you last see the catch last Ooh. night? Yep. You, you don't get that from Jerry Judy. Right. You get that from a dude that's six foot four, 215 pounds, in pure go get them. That's that's why big receivers are at a premium in this league. Am I lying, Mike? No, I mean look, you, you gotta go beat man to man coverage and you gotta win those fifty fifty balls. There is a premium on it. And from a quarterback standpoint, someone's gotta bail you out sometimes late in the down, and that's what the more bigger physical catch radius guys can do. Hey, listen, but that's of course, more one of a, doesn't... But, but that's more of a next year thing, Max. Right. They're not getting him this year. Right, but that's what I'm saying. One in doesn't free preclude agency, the other. When free agency, you pay him thirty million a year because that's what it's going to take. You give him a three year, you give him a thirty mil, a thirty average of thirty thirty million dollar a year deal, and you give him about I don't know ninety something of it fully guaranteed and keep it moving. Yeah, don't you, even think if, about if, it. If any team that had T Higgins and Jerry Judy would have one of the better tandems in the league. Maurice in Las Vegas, you're on with Keyshawn J Will and Max, and you can ask a GM, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN Radio. Good morning, fellas, um, Mike. I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and you know it's going crazy there. Um, do you think they're going to do anything at the trade deadline? For what? Also, do you feel <laughs> – well, we need some help on our defense for sure. And do you see anything changing with our coaching? I know Dan Campbell is safe, but anything going on in our coaching? Yeah, look, let's just go back to Sunday. You know, they need a ton of help in their secondary um, – you know, I think Aaron Glenn, somebody he and I know real well, you know, he's a young coordinator that has a bright future, but that was not a good outing for them. And you have to figure out, like, are we going to be a pressure defense or are we going to cover? It seems like they were 6-1, and one, half a dozen of the other, where they couldn't get to Tua and they couldn't hold up on the back end. And, look, they have Jeff Okuda, but I, I, I think they need multiple people in the secondary, another safety, maybe one or two other corners. Um, you know, hopefully with Aiden Hutchinson now, there's going to be better pass rush, but – um, to me, it's corners, and then obviously, ultimately, it's the quarterback. Like, what do you have in Jared Goff? He's actually played well at times this year, but he started off great in the first half, but they could not keep up in the second half. 
And when your defense can't get off the field, guys, and you know this, like, it creates such small margins for error on your offense. It puts so much pressure on that you have to feel like you have to play perfect football on that side of the ball. <laughs> six and one, half dozen the other. Actually, it's one and six, half dozen the other, if you're talking about the, the Detroit Lions. It, doesn't it feel like they're doing better this year? And yeah. yet you look up and you go, it's a one-win team. Right. The culture feels different, though. Yes, but it's like it's unreal. If you would have asked me, because I just looked it up, oh, my God, it's only one win. I would have guessed uh, they got three wins on the year. They got one win on the year. Yeah, yeah the coach is better, but, hell, Mike, I, I like Dan. I, I like Dan, played with him, but I don't know. I don't know, if it, I don't know how, how much longer, you know, that can last. Bears fans, Mike T would have tried to – would have franchised Roquan Smith, but that's not what happened. They traded him, but they got a second and a fifth form. A second and a – what was it? A second and a fifth form, yeah. What was the last time a fifth-round pick worked out? How many fifth-round picks work out, Max? This is the most excited Bears fans have been since 888-SAY-ESPN. Thanks, Mike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.